0: Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing fabulous. I am your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and you're listening to a Feminine Impression Podcast. And on today's podcast, we're continuing the live audio from my series, The Esther Anointing, the book written by Michelle McLean Walters, which talks about the life of Esther in the Bible. So I would encourage you to read the book of Esther in the Bible and also purchase this book to be able to follow along. However, you can always just listen in and I hope that you gain so much from all of these segments. Again, I am going live on my YouTube channel every Monday and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you can join me live and ask questions and join in the conversation if you've read the book or if you just want to participate that way. But I've uploaded the audio here for those of you who are unable to participate on my YouTube channel. In today's segment, we're going to be talking about the favor that God bestows on his women to be able to accomplish the assignment that he has destined for their lives. So go ahead and sit back, relax, grab something to drink, grab something to write with, and let's talk about this. But first, we have a quick message from our sponsor, Calmarie. Calmarie was created by a team of experienced entrepreneurs from the U.S. and Europe as their reaction to address challenges caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. The founders of Calmarie were concerned by the pandemic's impact on people's mental well-being because when people are isolated in their homes, it negatively affects their mental health and it causes a lot of problems connected with dealing with uncertainty, fear, and panic. Moreover, the existing mental health issues only worsen. Inspired by the great potential of online therapy and counseling, and disappointed by their current status quo, the founders decided to set the new standards for the industry and create a platform that makes therapy affordable and accessible for anyone. So how does it work? When you register on their platform and complete a short survey, you get matched with a suitable therapist that specializes in addressing your issues and has relevant experience. Then you can communicate with your therapist from the comfort of your device and get the support you need, including text messages or scheduling live video sessions. Keep in mind that you cannot get an instant response to your text message and will need to wait for some time. Calmarie guarantees regular responses at least once a week, five days a week. Calmarie features good options for cost-conscious customers. They also have highly experienced, fully licensed therapists. They have a HIPAA-compliant platform with live sessions and unlimited text messaging available. Therapists specialize in treating a wide range of mental health issues. They have a responsive and helpful live customer support team, and you can switch therapists for free. For more information and to sign up, please go to HTTPS backslash slash try today. I'll also include a link in the description box below, and you can click on it and access their page. Hey, 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 ladies. How's everyone doing this evening? Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. But I hope you ladies are all doing wonderful. I hope you're all doing great. Thank you for all being here. So we're going to be talking about chapter two today in the Esther anointing book. For those of you who are brand new, we are doing a book review on The Esther Anointing by Michelle McLean Walters, and today we're talking about God's favor and the favor that he bestows on to your life as a woman of God, as you are climbing towards your purpose. It is not my book. Um, This is a different Michelle. (laughs) This is not my book. She just happens to have the same name as I do. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read Esther um, chapter two in the book of Esther, because it gives you a framework for what we're going to talk about. So you're not lost again. If you don't have this book, you can read out of the Bible and it's the Holman Christian standard Bible. It's a study Bible. So you get like a lot of commentary, which is nice. It's very thick though. Um, But it's really nice. If you're just learning about God and you're trying to understand concepts, And I have everything linked below. If I bring up a book today that I don't have with me, I'll link it in the um, information box so you can always pick it up afterwards. I'm just gonna go ahead and read chapter two. Search for a new queen. Sometime later, when King Ahasuerus, his rage had cooled down, he remembered Vashti. Remember, that was the queen that he had before. And he's on the search for this new queen, right? Okay, so he remembered Bashti and what she had done and what was decided against her. The king's personal attendant suggested, let's have a search and have beautiful young women for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in each province of his kingdom so that they may assemble all the beautiful young women to the harem at the fortress of Susa. Put them under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and give them the required beauty treatments. Then the young woman who pleases the king will become queen instead of Vashti. This suggestion pleased the king and he did accordingly. So this is kind of what we were talking about last time. They went on a search for a new queen and they gathered the different women. So in the fortress of Susa, there was a Jewish man named Mordecai son of Jair, son of Shimei, son of Kish, a Benjaminite. He had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the other captives when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took King Jeconiah of Judah into exile. Mordecai was a legal guardian of his cousin Hadassah, that is Esther, because she did not have a father or a mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command and edict became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's care. Remember, he's the eunuch that's caring for the women. Esther was taken to the palace and placed under the care of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. The young woman pleased him and gained his favor so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments And the special diet that she received. He assigned seven hand-picked female servants to her from the palace and transferred her and her servants to the harem's best quarters. Esther did not reveal her ethnic background or her birthplace because Mordecai had ordered her not to. Every day, okay, every day Mordecai took a walk in front of the harem's courtyard to learn how Esther was doing and see what was happening to her. During the year before each young woman's turn to go to King Ahasuerus, the harem regulation required her to receive beauty treatments with oil of myrrh for six months, and then with perfumes and cosmetics for another six months. When the young woman would go to the king, she was given whatever she requested to take with her, from the harem to the palace. She would go in the evening and then in the morning she would return to a second harem under the supervision of Shashagaz, the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines. She never went to the king again unless he desired her and summoned her by name. Esther was a daughter of Abihel, the uncle Mordecai who had adopted her as his own daughter. When her turn came to go to the king, She did not ask for anything, except what Haggai, the king's trusted official in charge of the harem, suggested. Esther won approval in the sight of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Ahasuerus in the royal palace in the 10th month, the month Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won more favor and approval from him than any of the other young women. He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. The king held a great banquet for all of his officials and staff. It was Esther's banquet. He freed his provinces from tax payments and gave gifts worthy of the king's bounty. When the young women were assembled together for a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Esther still had not revealed her birthplace or her ethnic background as Mordecai had directed. She obeyed Mordecai's orders as she always did while he raised her. Okay, so that's chapter two of the book of Esther in the Bible. And now we're gonna talk about the book and how this plays into the favor that we all have for our God-given assignments. For those of you ladies who do not know, You all have a purpose being here on earth to fulfill while you're here. And God assigned that to you before you were ever even born. And whatever that is, is in your heart. It's something God put in there so that you can find it. And hopefully when you find it, you don't let society, your bad decisions, other people's thoughts get in the way of making that dream come to life. So And God will always tell you because that's the only way you can find it. It's it's already in there. And so he puts your end in your beginning so that hopefully you get there. In terms of favor, if you haven't heard of the word favor don't understand what that is, it means that you are given special treatment, you are given special opportunities, things kind of work out for you, people like you, people help you. And it's just sort of like a free flowing thing. And I've heard a lot of people make comments about God giving them certain things in life and how some people get all these things while other people don't get much. And I remember listening to Dr. Miles Monroe and he was talking about how in terms of what God gives you, he gives you what he gives you based on what your assignment is, based on what you are asked to do. If you do not need to have a house with 24 bedrooms, you're not going to get that because you're not hosting all these people and having banquets and things of that nature. It's just you and your husband. Why do you need that? And what you'll find is a lot of times when people attain certain things that are not um, intertwined with God's plan, however they do it outside of his favor, have a lot of problems those very things become their biggest stressors the things that are giving them high blood pressure looking over their shoulder losing friends and such so you do want your favor to be something god given and not something where you are killing yourself putting yourself in harmful situations to be able to obtain so god will give you what you need for your assignment and i always say this the way that you look where you were born the color of your skin, the way that you speak, your height, what you're interested in, your parents, every single thing about you was designed for your purpose. That is why I always tell people don't always try to do what someone else is doing. And we all do that. We all do that because when we're growing up, we're just trying to find ourselves. But as you get into adulthood and you start to figure out what you do and don't like and who you are, it's important that you remain true to yourself. Because if you were not made to do acting or you were not made to be a model or you were not made to be an entrepreneur because you can't even say no, whatever it is about you. Has to be tied to your purpose and it's very hard for you it doesn't come naturally for you or you don't have the natural looks for it you don't have the natural height for it you don't have the natural body for it whatever it is it's because it's not made for you and that's why you have to seek God to figure out what is made for you in terms of the assignment something else that comes to mind in terms of favor In terms of favor, something that's really important is a lot of people will sometimes think that they're just so great and things just go well for them because they're so funny, they're so pretty, they're so educated, and they completely leave God out of the picture. They don't realize that this is favor. God shined on your life in order uh, to have it blossom, not for you to think that it's all about yourself and what you did. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people end up losing their favor is because none of the glory goes to God and they think that it's all them. And so when they can't perform or they don't look pretty or their looks are fading or things of that nature, they become very anxious and figure, oh no, I have to get all this plastic surgery or I have to be with this particular person I don't want to be with just to be able to have the things that. I brought to myself at one point in my life, right? So it's important to understand where this favor comes from and it's not your own doing. Even if you are beautiful, even if you are attractive, it doesn't mean that it is for you. And I'm gonna do a video specifically on this topic because this was something I struggled with when I was younger and I see so many women struggling with it as well, is understanding why you're beautiful, understanding why you're liked or favored. But especially when it comes to beauty, or for those of you ladies who maybe have very voluptuous bodies, or for those of you who have a beautiful smile or pretty eyes, whatever it is that people are drawn to, it's not for you. Like Your beauty is not to be sleeping with a bunch of men. You're not beautiful so that you can have everyone try you out you're beautiful to have people attracted to you for God's purpose. Some people will never come up to certain people because they don't have that natural attraction. And it's not just looks. some people just have an energy about them where they're just very approachable. And maybe they've used that to think that everyone who approaches them needs to sleep with them. Everyone who approaches them needs to be their friend. And that's not true. It's, to draw them in for whatever your God designed purpose is, not for other people's entertainment with your body and with your life. And that is so important for you to understand because if you don't know why you're beautiful, if you don't know why God designed you specifically the way he did, then you're going to give everything away to people who do not deserve it. So I really want you to think about that. Have you ever just thought about why is it that I have these opportunities? Why is it that people just like me? Why is it that I'm just, why did God make me so beautiful? Whatever it is, some people are just completely stunning. You see them, you're just like, wow, she's really pretty, you know, and some people are very self-absorbed because they just think that they're all that because they look so good. While others are very humble and very gentle and very sweet, and they just attract everything that they put out. And it can go just not in terms of being beautiful, but this also goes with being maybe even wealthy, You know, you being someone who was born into a very wealthy family, is it for you just to buy thousands of Chanel bags and trips to Paris? No, it's not just for that. It's for the glory of God. It's, you're not better than anyone because you're more beautiful. You're not better than anyone because you're more rich. You're not better because you're more educated, because you have children, because you have degrees, whatever it is, it's not for you. It's for God's glory. It's for them. So it's a, it's a real shift in mentality. I want you to tell me if there's anything that you can think about with your own life in the comments section as to something that stands out for you, something that you know God placed in you that was unique. Maybe people just said you're really easy to talk to. Maybe you you are very physically attractive. Maybe you have very good singing voice. Maybe you're an amazing cook just like, completely unusually great at cooking, whatever it is, let me know in the comment section because I want to know. Okay. So another thing before I get back into the book that's important about God's favor is understanding that people are going to be jealous of you. This is going to happen, especially if you're someone who is not self-absorbed, like you really do love people, you really just want to be everyone's friend, you don't understand why people don't like you, you try really hard to be nice to everyone, but you still have people who hate you, that is gonna come with God's favor. It's going to attract people with that negative energy, not because you're attracting them, but because the enemy is busy, the enemy is real. Just like God is real, so is a devil. And there are people who sadly, allow the devil to use them. They use them by bullying people. They allow the devil to use them by writing bad things about people on blogs, bad things about people on tabloids, spreading gossip. People allow Satan to use them all the time. And so those people are being used towards you to try to strip you away from that glory that God's put on you. So you have to understand that that comes with a flip side because God's favor is so powerful. It opens so many doors for you. And if you're walking in your purpose, you're going to have resistance from the enemy. And that is not going to be some man in red jumping out of the bushes at you. It's going to be regular people in your life, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family. It's going to be regular people. It's not going to be some scary demon in the dark. So you have to remember that people allow the enemy to use them. And so you cannot allow bullying or things that have happened to you, especially at a young age, to stop you from loving who you are and accepting who you are. There comes a point in time, if you look around you and you see... That all of your friends are jealous of you and you've been lowering yourself this whole time to try to appease them. If you see that your friends are truly not there for you, like they're constantly giving you of compliments, they're making you feel bad for the things that you had no control over, like the way you look. If they're not happy when you get wonderful things in life, maybe you get a job You get a new car, you get a new boyfriend, you get married and then they start to act different. You just have to start paying attention and really being honest with yourself because those people are also very dangerous. The closer they are to you, the more dangerous they are and you cannot risk that. Your life is too important to get stripped by people who are jealous of the person that god made you just understand that sometimes it's not about what you did you didn't do anything for someone to like you they just do and that's (laughs) that's okay just like the enemy uses people to try to hurt you god uses people to make you smile god uses people to bless your life he uses people to advance you and it has nothing to do with what you did it's just because of who you are so be very careful with that how can people see god's favor on you before you do well i think that that it's just if you're not seeing it it's probably a good thing in terms of you just being a humble person it's probably because you're so humble that you don't want to acknowledge everything that you see because you do see it you do see it and you just probably might think other people have it, too. So you don't think it's that big of a deal, or you're not paying a whole lot of attention. You're, some people don't really recognize all the great things that happen to them. They just kind of think it's a coincidence. So maybe you're not recognizing it. But everyone, you know, we're all human. And people compare themselves to other people to see where they measure up in life, to see where they are. And if they notice that, for some strange reason, I'll, I'll give you an example. At one of my jobs I had, um, for some for some reason, I it's just God. When I first interviewed, the top, top, top CEO person walked me to the interview because she just happened to run into me in the parking lot. I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. And she just walked me and pointed me to the door for the interview. Now, I got the job. And ever since I got that particular job, when I would see her, she would always say hi to me and just be so friendly and so sweet with me. And she would talk to me like I'm her best friend. So mind you, she like way, way, way at the top. And people would look and think, how does she even know her? And why is she talking to her? They didn't understand it. Now, I knew that. I knew that it was kind of like, wow, this person is talking to me but it didn't become apparent until one day I did a presentation and say say she's the CEO, the person right under her happened to be in the presentation and I overheard him tell me or tell her, why do you like Michelle so much? I don't get it. And afterwards she came and she told me, you know, so-and-so asked me like, why do I like you so much? And I just laughed because I'm like, actually I don't even know her. I don't know I just met her and I just like her and to me I thought to myself why would he even say that like why first of all he has nothing to do with my position like why does he care how much she likes me but and you know he was a man so that also didn't make a whole lot of sense but it was just the idea that she favored someone so much that she didn't know that didn't have anything to do with her position and had really no reason to like me, but she has so much power that her liking me could mean everything for me, right? So it's things like that where it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me, but for other people, it can mean a whole lot to them because they're thinking, they're, they're playing chess in their mind. They're thinking all these things that are probably not even going to happen. Like I'm going to get his job or something and that's, no. So that's um that's kind of how things might play out. <laughs> you said your whole life, yeah. It's it's a constant thing. You'll know this because this is how your life just goes. And you're not you're not attributing it to yourself. You're truly understanding that this is just God. And just like she, this top top CEO talks to me, who is you know, way below her in terms of rank. I talk to the custodian who people look at me like I'm crazy because I give him the same amount of respect as I give anyone else. I don't look at any of that as important because it's not, it truly isn't important to me. And so, you know, I really believe that God sees a heart and everything that you do, it, it flows back into your life. Will I be posting this? Yes, I will be posting this. Okay, so let's get back to the book. She talks about the idea of winsomeness. Now, I'm just going to read part of what she wrote about the chapter that I read because it's really important. She says, favor mobilizes others to help us in accomplishing our destiny, plans, and dreams. When the spirit of favor is upon our lives, it compels people to assist us with our assignments. The Lord is raising up women who will have a spirit of favor upon their lives. This special anointing is not for personal blessings only. The spirit of favor will position you in places of influence to bring healing and breakthrough to generations. This anointing of favor is designed to help you help others and extend the kingdom of God here on earth. And of course, favor is to receive preferential treatment, favor promotes you. And it's important, this little fact that uh, she points out here that this favor that God is pouring upon us is raising us up to be able to be blessings to other people and favor promotes you to be able to do that. So in terms of Esther, one day she was an orphan Jewish refugee. One year later, she was crowned the queen of Persia. God's favor caused Esther to gain the goodwill of everyone she met. Favor made Esther's countenance or presence appealing and endearing to prospective vision helpers. Everyone who looked upon Esther favored her. Esther had something about her that caused everyone to favor her, from the king to the women in the harem who were competing against her for his attention and affections. So favor is is major in that sense, because even the girls, imagine being there, right? And this eunuch who served the king and took care of the girls, liked her so much that he accelerated her beauty treatments. He gave her a special diet. Now, her being Jewish, I don't know, she being Jewish? I don't know if... She was able to eat all the things that were being presented to her because I'm sure she had a different diet. So I don't know if he was kind of giving her different food or allowing her to do different things with her food, but she had special treatment and she didn't have to do anything for it. He just liked her because of her spirit and he gave her all these things that the other girls weren't getting. And mind you, they're in a competition here. Okay. They're in a competition here. So even the girls liked her, even the other women, they wanted to be around her and they they also were drawn to her. So for someone who's competing against you to also be drawn to you, that is God's favor smiling on your life. And We talked about last week that I'm sure she was nervous and scared being away from home, not knowing what's going to happen in her life and having this special treatment, being moved to a special apartment with seven handmaids just for herself. I mean, that is God just smiling on her. And that's what favor does. She says that favor will even cause those in competition with you to encourage you and respect you. Favor is that which moves others to help and encourage you. Without favor, destiny fulfillment can suffer needless delay or abortion. And that is why getting God's favor is so important because when you don't have it, things will take longer You will do everything by yourself, put everything in your own hands. And sometimes it won't happen at all. Things will just stop because you don't have that extra special blessing upon your life. So she talks about winsomeness in the book and she defines that from the Webster's Dictionary which says being pleasant, delightful, attractive in a sweet and engaging way. That is winsomeness, a person who is pleasant, Delightful, attractive, and sweet in an engaging way. And I, I believe that that's a person who truly draws you in because of their spirit, because they truly are a beautiful person on the inside. Now, God makes it clear that Esther was very physically attractive. She was beautiful. But, you know, so was Vash, Queen Vashti at the time, because it also says that about her. So, She definitely probably stood out from her beauty, and that is also just God's favor shining on your life. If you're very beautiful, people are going to be more drawn to you because it's unusual for people to be very beautiful. Um, In terms of being beautiful, though, there are certain things, especially in this day and age, I believe anyone can make themselves beautiful with the right hairstyle, makeup, accessories, and of course, your politeness, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you speak, all of that, but you cannot deny just straight out beauty. And when you meet someone who's very beautiful, and then they're also very sweet and very kind, it's just like, most people don't even know what to do because it's so unusual for a person who truly is gorgeous on the outside to be very sweet. We don't really see that often. I believe that all of that is what helped gain her favor. So. Having Haggai as someone who favored her, he positioned her to have an advantage over everyone. If you have a special diet, who knows what the other girls were eating? Who knows if he was curating special meals for her to be able to have a certain body type and, and just having better sleep, having seven servants to help her with whatever she needed. She was definitely at an advantage. And she was also respected and admired. So she wasn't as stressed, she felt that she had that energy of love around her and that's important. And it says to desire God's favor to be able to accomplish our assignment. So we want to make sure that we're praying for that. If you feel like, well, I don't really feel like I have God's favor. Maybe you do and you you haven't realized it or maybe it's something that you need to pray for and ask God to be able to bestow it upon your life. There may be things that are blocking you from getting God's favor but either way you should pray for everything that you need everything that you don't have pray for it and God will shine on you speaking of shining on page 23 she says the Lord is a sun and a shield he bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from us and that's Psalms, Psalms 84 11 and again The Lord is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from us. That is a promise to stand on. He does not withhold any good thing from us. And I really, really hope that this helps you ladies to be able to spend more time reading your Bible and finding the promises of God. There are so many promises that God gives to us and you don't know them unless you read your Bible. You need to find them and meditate on them and let it sink into your heart and stand on them. When you speak to God, when you pray, you have to keep this in your heart and know that it is going to come to pass if he said it. So what do you need right now in order to fulfill your assignment? That is the question I had for you to write in the comments, what do you think you need right now in your life? What would it take for you to get to the next level? Do you need a mentor? Do you need a book? Do you need, I don't know, what is it that you need? Do you need a special person to sign off on something? What do you need right now in order to fulfill your assignment? I want to know in the comments. So for example, a lot of us, will sometimes know what we need and we take it into our own hands. So if you know that if you just got that promotion, then you could take your life to the next level. You can get that brand new apartment, that car you want, the cute clothes and the bags and all the stuff that you're looking for. So you sleep with your boss or you steal money from work. You just take it all into your own hands because you think you have to do it. That's usually what happens when we know what we need, but we feel like we can't do it. Okay, so some of you are saying you need courage, okay? A mentor, I'm seeing a couple, a lot of you say you need a mentor. Confidence. beautiful versions of the Bible, mm, yes. Oh, where do I get the Bibles with the glossy white? It's called Alabaster alabaster Bibles. And it's not the whole Bible. It's just certain books of the Bible. I'll actually be giving some away, I think, once I unpack. So the next couple of weeks, I'll be giving some away. But it's not the whole Bible. I do think for those of you who are super ambitious, it would be beautiful if more people would create Bibles that were just very physically not physically, aesthetically pleasing where we can look at it and just like look at the pictures and just really get a sense of what was going on and it could just be you know something that we can have on the table and it'll go with the the vibe i think it would be really nice what else do you need, you need confidence to trust god strength and wisdom from god okay these are things that you really just have to ask for And in terms of confidence, having confidence in God and not in yourself, that's something I had to learn is that I used to have a lot of fears about things that just really don't make a whole lot of sense. And I didn't really see that until I started praying, I started fasting, and I started really seeking God in terms of wanting to know how he can help me with this. And What came to mind for me was having confidence in God and having not having confidence that God will help you, having confidence that God will get his stuff done, that whatever he said he was going to do, he's going to make it happen. So the confidence is in him. And because you know that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, you just have to go through the motions and he's going to make it happen. So that's really important. Um, A relationship coach, a mentor. I think it's great to have different mentors for different things. So if you're a writer, maybe you have a mentor who's a writer, but maybe you need one for your marriage or for just life. Because different people have different strengths. And it's nice to be able to have people who been through things and can really help guide you okay what type of fast I tried fasting I almost died in terms of fasting we will talk more about that I don't want you to take anything into your own hands unless you talk to your doctor okay so you need to make sure that your body is equipped to be able to fast because even though it's a spiritual process it does require a lot of physical uh, strain to some degree depending on how long you're gonna fast uh, so we'll talk more about that, but it is, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole topic in and of itself. So we'll talk more about fasting. I've fasted for different amounts of time based on what I was fasting about. So I've done a, a three day fast with no food at all for, for three days straight. I've done a fast for 40 days which was 12 hours every single day. And I've done fasts where it's just like one day a week for 12 hours. So it depended on what I was fasting for. And I've done a 21 day fast where I was fasting for six to eight hours. That was the first first one I did was 21 days. And that was really good. So let's go back into the book in terms of living a life that's pleasing to God. When you live a life that's pleasing to God, and obeying his will for you, you will find favor with him. And it'll help you to triumph over all of your foes. And in the book on page 23, it says the benefits of favor down at the bottom. We are the righteousness of God. And as a righteous, we ought to expect God's divine favor. Psalm 512 teaches us, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. God's favor changes everything in the life of a righteous woman. And that is the truth. God's favor changes everything in the life of a righteous woman. And in order to be righteous, I know that word comes up so much in the Bible. At first, I was like, what does this mean? This whole righteous thing. Like when you hear righteous, you hear people talking about being self-righteous. And it's always kind of like a negative thing. But to be righteous means that you're in right standing, you're in right positioning, you're in alignment with the rules, and you're being morally upright. It just means that you are doing what you are supposed to do according to who asked you to do it. And there are different, a whole lot, and this was so nice. She put two pages of promises from God in terms of Favor, in that he spells out in the Bible, so you don't even have to go looking for it. I thought this was so amazing, and I'm gonna read you four of them. God's favor brings forth restoration of everything the enemy has stolen from you. The favor of God will initiate a great transference of wealth. That's in Exodus and in Joel. God's favor assures you of victory in any situation. The enemies of your destiny cannot triumph over you. Because of God being with you, Psalm forty-four, three, God's favor will cause those who stood against the fulfillment of the plans of God to honor you, Exodus eleven, three, and God's favor brings promotion even when you seem the least likely to receive it. That's in 1 Samuel sixteen, twenty-two and Esther two, seven through nine, and there's a lot of different um, points in terms of how God can favor you in your life, which is so beautiful. And there are so many promises that God has for you. I want to talk about what blocks God's favor. So in terms of having God's favor, there are so many things that, again, we get worried about because people don't like us. And you know you cannot stop what people have for you. It can be your own family members. It could be your sister. It could be your mom. It could be anyone Who doesn't like you or doesn't like the fact that people like you, because when you have favor like that, you don't have to say anything or do anything. People just like you. And you see that with kids. There's some kids where you'll meet them and you just love them and they're just so precious and special. You give them things and you do things for them and you can see it on kids at a very young age, which ones are going to be favored. And sometimes you might worry about them because you're like, oh no, people are going to be jealous of this girl or jealous of this boy because there's something about them. You can't even put your finger on it. There's just something about them that just says they're going to be special. And you have that on you as well. And if you've kind of diluted it or had it stripped from you, I want you to stand back in position because God made you with purpose and he designed you for a reason. He allowed people to come to you for a reason. He allows people to give you things for a reason. He loves you. He sees everything that you do that no one sees, he sees it and he blesses you through other people. And there's no reason to be ashamed of that. If other people don't like it, if they hate on you, that is part of the journey. But God has promises for you in terms of things that you can stand on and say, I'm still gonna win. No one's going to stop this because it's not about me. You're being used by God to fulfill something. It's not about you anyway. And if you make it about you, then you're going to be really hurt when they stop talking to you or they don't want you to win. It's going to hurt because you're human, but you'll get stuck if you don't understand that you're a vessel. And God decided to make this particular vessel look this particular way, have this particular personality, have these particular talents for his glory, because he needs you to bring more people back to him. And he knows that people usually listen to people who are beautiful, who are sweet, who are kind. And that's why he made you like that. So you have to stand on that and get back to who you are. People might say, oh, you're too nice. Well, there is a way of being too nice if you're allowing people to cross your boundaries and it's hurting you. But most of the people who are too nice are not really too nice. They're actually just really wonderful people. And this world has become so selfish and self-centered that it seems like you're doing too much when you're really just being a kind person. And so God sees all of that. He sees your heart. And those people who are too nice are usually the ones that he really has favor on. So just remember that. Now, in terms of what blocks your favor, the things that get in the way, especially for those people who believe that maybe God doesn't do those things for them and maybe have lost touch with their relationship with God. I can tell you, even in my own life, I've I've come across these things and I've come across the people who are close to me who believe that, oh, how come you get that? And how come I don't? Or, you know, you're just uh, like, they put it on you. Like there's something wrong with you, right? Like there's something bad about you. And it's really their own insecurity. And a lot of times it's also the things that are going on in their life and, they're holding on to this negative narr- narrative and then also doing things in their life that are causing things to get worse for them. So, God says that in terms of his favor getting blocked, it's because of sin, straight up, it's because of sin. And in terms of sin, we're talking about pride, rebellion, rebellion against God's instructions, and disobedience. When we talk about sin, sin is rebellion. And when I say rebellion, it's rebelling against the person that God designed you to be. So if he decided that you, Stephanie, are going to be a woman who is gorgeous, kind, loving, honorable, intelligent, and you're going to be an honest young lady, And you decide to go around lying and stealing and not taking care of yourself and bumming around all the time, treating people bad. That is rebellion against the person that God creates. Like, I am great. What is this? What is this? Why is she going against my design? That is rebellion. You are going against God's instructions, directions, and his creation of you. So... Um, And disobedience, just disobeying the things he's asked you not to do. But pride is the one where most people really get stuck in. And that is feeling like you are above, you are too good for. You don't need God. You don't need this. You don't need people. You don't need anything. Like you can do things on your own. You don't have to listen to feedback. You don't have to follow rules. And pride, God says that he resists the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. So we know that God loves humility. He loves people who don't brag about what they have, aren't conceited, aren't all about themselves, don't believe that, oh, okay, well, I'll listen to everything, but in terms of God, I don't care about that. Like, I'm not, I don't need that, or I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. I will be fine by myself. And just shutting him out in that way. In terms of what it means to be proud, a proud person is to have an inflated sense of self. Okay, and that could be your looks, your accomplishments. People have it based on different things. Okay, some people are just proud because they have super long eyelashes or their skin is light. And I'm not even talking about a black person. I'm talking about someone who may be Hispanic and their skin is white as snow. And they think because their skin is white and their eyes are green, that they're better than their Hispanic sister who has dark skin. And they truly believe that. So it can be looks. It can be accomplishments. Maybe you own three businesses and you're an entrepreneur and you're a multimillionaire or you're highly educated, you're a physician. And so you look down on other people or you think that you're above certain things because of what you have. So God, I, I've seen probably the most scriptures in terms of the people God just mm, is really not trying to deal with are people who are proud. Because when you're proud, you're not willing to humble yourself. And that is how you get God's favor is when you can humble yourself and say, I need you. I can't do it. I can't figure it out, especially when it comes to sin. Like it could be for anything, but especially when it comes to sin. So if you know you're struggling with vaping, you're vaping every single night before you go to sleep, you're vaping when you're on a date, you're vaping before you go out to work, you're vaping all the time and you get to a point where you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't be doing this so much. (laughs) I wanna stop, but I know I can't stop and I really wanna stop, but I know I can't. I need help, but I don't wanna pray about it because I don't really need that much help. I don't really need God's help. Or I don't need people's help. I don't need people telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing. I don't need anyone. I'm just going to figure it out by myself. You're resisting. You're resisting God. You're resisting help. And you're still suffering. You're still struggling. So a lot of people think that they don't need certain things, even when they're struggling. They figure eventually, or it's not that bad, it'll, it'll go away on its own. Also having arrogance. In Psalms 10, 4, it says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. And God calls this person wicked. Okay. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. At some point in time, whatever you're doing, everything you're doing, God always should be involved. And you should always be seeking Him to help you. That is called humbling yourself. God specifically says, He says it in Matthew 23 12. If you don't humble yourself, He will humble you. And no one likes being humbled by God because when God humbles you, it is going to be painful, dramatic. It's going to be, you're going to hit the ground hard when He has to humble you because you cannot humble yourself. And It's also embarrassing if you get humbled in a way where you put yourself on this huge pedestal thinking that you're perfect and then God allows your shame to be widespread where everyone finds out, it's embarrassing and it's painful. So you don't want to have God humble you but he says he will humble you if you do not humble yourself. And we have seen it with so many people it is much better to be able to have God's love and his favor than for him to believe that you're wicked and he has to humble you. So when you humble yourself to God, you receive God's favor again. And some ways that you can humble yourself, if you're someone who feels like, okay, well, you know, that kind of sounds like me. <laughs> I have some work to do. I could, I could be better. I could do a little bit better. Then you can seek him. That's all he wants. God loves you. He is a God of love. He is love. It's not like he has love. He is what love is. So there will never be a time where God's going to be upset that you took this long to come back. He's just like, finally, thank you. I'm so happy you're here. I love you so much. And he always shows you how much he loves you if you seek him so you can seek him by fasting that's the the best way in terms of humbling yourself when you humble yourself through fasting it means that you are choosing to stop doing something you enjoy doing and spending that time with god instead so fasting really should be done with food but some people will say okay i'm gonna fast from instagram fine During that time, you're fasting from Instagram. You should be spending it, reading the Bible, praying and seeking God. But you're humbling yourself and saying that I am choosing not to do what gratifies me. I'm choosing to give that time up, that joy up to spend time seeking you. So that's what humbling yourself means. And when you humble yourself in that way, because God loves you so much and through Jesus understands like how hard it is you are always blessed in a very beautiful public way when you fast. Um, And also you can obviously praying, that's humbling yourself by actually praying. And that's why I notice, it's not why, but I do notice that there is such a huge gap in terms of men and women when it comes to prayer. Women are able to get themselves to a point where they do humble themselves faster than men are. It takes a lot for a man to put his pride down and say, I'm going to seek God. You know, it's like men almost seem like they're like the king of their own lives. Like they don't need God. They don't need, they don't need someone above them to seek and to come to and to answer to. And not all men, but I do see a huge difference in terms of how long it takes a lot of times men are the ones that usually get humbled and then they come back. Right. But when I go to church and every church I've been to, I've always seen so many more women and many of these women are married and their husbands don't come to church and they don't pray with them or actively seek God with them. So it's important that we understand that in order to truly have that humble spirit, we need to have a posture of obedience and prayer, and of course, sacrificing through fasting. So I don't know if you, and you don't have to write this down, but can you think of a time where you believe that you fell out of God's grace? Like you did things on your own and you ended up facing some consequences because you didn't humble yourself. You didn't seek God. You did things your own way. I have definitely done that, and I have paid some serious consequences in my life, so serious consequences. They could have been worse. God is great because it, they definitely could have been so much worse, but I have had to humble myself many times in terms of seeking God. And um, so, yeah, you don't have to write it, but I do want you to think about that because it is important. Okay. So I'm just going to read some declarations. She has some stories in here and they're really great. And then she has some declarations that you can say to put yourself in a position of favor for your assignments. Remember, everything that God gives you is for your assignment. And if you don't remember anything else I say tonight, remember this, everything God gives you is for your assignment, including your husband, your children, everything that God gives you is on a loan to you. It's on a loan to you. It's not yours to be abusing and manipulating and hurting and, you know, not valuing. Everything God gave you, if, if, if it came from God, it is on a loan to you. And you need to take good care of it, including your body, your health, okay, your children, Your husband, all all of the family members you have, everyone is given to you. Every job, every opportunity is on a loan. So while you are here, this is what he has given you to be able to carry out your assignment and enjoy your life. But remember that it's not just for you. So some declarations and prayers to activate the favor of God on your assignment. I'm just going to read a couple of them because there are a number of them. So, I proclaim that this is a year of the favor of the Lord. This is a set time for the favor of the Lord to be manifested in my life. The time is now. I receive preferential treatment, goodwill, and advantages towards success in every area in my life. I'll read that again. I receive preferential treatment, goodwill and advantages towards success in every area of my life. I have favor with everyone assigned to my destiny. The Lord is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from me. And say it like you mean it. The Lord is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from me. And lastly, my enemies cannot triumph over me because the Lord has favored me. Your enemy has already been beaten, God's already taken care of it. And once you stand on that promise, you will see what he will do. But just know there is nothing to be afraid of. He knows exactly who he created, he made you to work. Okay, he created the assignment before he created the person. Okay, you have to think of what you need before you create an invention, right? If you need something to straighten out your clothes because they're always wrinkled. and You just wish they could be straight. You will design an iron or a steamer to be able to make it happen. But first, you have to think of what do I need? So your assignment is put inside of you. And then he created you. But he created you to work. So he knows you're gonna work exactly the way he designed you. But you have to say yes. You have to stand on that, that promise, stand in his favor, accept his favor, and know that it's not just for you, it's for the world. And that should make you more comfortable with being happy for all the things that he's giving you, all the things you don't think you deserve, all the things that maybe you really don't think you deserve. It doesn't matter because he is the king, he is God. He decides who gets what, when they get it, how much they get, and no one has a say about that. Okay, he loves you all the same. So, now I'm going to, I don't want to hurt God anymore. It, it only hurt me in the end, but God, yes, God is very merciful, He is very patient, God is so patient and he loves you so much and he does not work in time. He created time for us so that we can have beginnings and ends because if we didn't have time, then things would just carry on forever. At least we can say, okay, 2020 is over. Back in 2020, I used to be like this. So he puts us in time so that we can have goals and we can start and end, but he does not operate in time. Okay, so he is very patient and he will wait for you and he loves you so much. He's long-suffering and he he knows, he knows that you are up against a lot in this world. He is very loving and he loves you so, so much and he just wants you to come back. That's all he wants you to do is just come back. So we're going to go ahead and read this prayer. And then I'll answer any questions, okay? So for those of you who want to pray, just go ahead and close your eyes and just take a second and just try and get in God's presence and just just feel your heart and your mind. Let it all just kind of come into one. Lord, my prayer to you is for a time of favor. In your abundant, faithful love, God, answer me with your sure mercies. Lord, Grant me favor in every situation assigned to restrict my purpose and hinder my advancement. Lord, cause every wicked device to be broken, but by your goodness, I obtain favor. Lord, I thank you for favor to complete my assignment on this earth. You are connecting me with key people who will unlock and advance your purpose in my life. Lord, let my life carry the fragrance of your favor. Lord, you are my sun and shield. You bestow upon me favor and honor. There is no good thing withheld from me. Lord, I thank you for supernatural increase and promotion. Let your presence and your care preserve and protect me. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Amen and amen. All right, ladies. So that was chapter two on favor for your assignment. And I hope that encouraged you to be able to stand tall in your favor. Thank God for your favor. Thank God for making you the way he made you and get back to being the woman that you were created to be, not the woman that this world has pushed you to become because of their jealousy, because of their insecurities, and because of their wickedness. You are God's baby girl. You are the daughter of the king, because God is a king, and you are his daughter. And it's time for you to start living like the woman he created you to be. So I'm here for another 30 minutes, just answering questions. So. If you have questions, you can go ahead and write them in the chat box, and I will try to get to the questions that I can read. Women need to embrace their femininity. I'm 63 years old, and it's never too late. It is never too late. As a matter of fact, when you're older and you really embrace your femininity, it just takes off so many years off of your presence. You just look like a young, vibrant woman because you know how to walk. You know how to sit. You know how to move your shoulders. You're sweet, you're polite. You take good care of yourself still. A lot of people who are older, they think, oh, she's old, she doesn't get her nails done anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can get your nails done until you die, my dear. Um, okay, I surrendered and obeyed, left the rest to him and enjoyed his love. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. You are very welcome. You're most welcome. I'm so happy that you were all able to join me. And I've gotten so many beautiful messages. Oh, I was just, oh, I'm, and I am sorry if I don't get back to you right away. I get so many messages. It is the most beautiful thing, but it's so, so much sometimes because some of the things that you say just hit me so hard. And I just, sometimes I can't even respond right away. It's just so wonderful. But I will try to get back to all of you. And I unlearn everything. That's great. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So I will be back on Monday. So we'll be meeting Mondays and Wednesdays in the month of March. And for those of you who don't know, on my other channel, Michelle, my bell, I was doing something called March into Faith every month. Every year in the, in the month of March, I would do vlogs where I would talk about God and different things like that. But I decided this year to do it in a way that's live and interactive. So it's not just me like literally talking to myself. So we'll be meeting twice a week for the month of March. Yes, it will be saved. Let's see. I think there's a question. Do you confront a friend who you notice competes with you? You know, Okay. Well, for one, how old are you? I think that's, that's um, important. How old are you? I don't think it's necessary to confront people about things like that. Now, I know that there are some people who think it is necessary. So there are different schools of thoughts on this. I don't think it's necessary to have to explain these things. And the reason why I say that is because just understanding how people think and how people operate. Most people know what they're doing. And depending on this person's personality, how close they are to you, again, how old you are, of 23, okay, yeah, you're pretty young. So in, in terms of confronting them, a lot of times what it does is it just opens up a door for them to argue with you, for them to tell you about you and how you're not all that great and all this, it just opens a door for other people to have an opinion about what you know to be true for you. Because either they're going to apologize and stop, which is highly unlikely, or they're going to just get upset with you and it's just gonna cause a lot of friction. I would just slowly pull back from that person. You don't need people like that in your life. And unfortunately, it's one of those things sometimes where you can't quite put your finger on it. And when you finally do, it's like, okay, this is what it is. Now you know what it is and you can decide if this is someone you really, really need or want in your life and why. And so I would definitely pray about it and see what God puts on your heart. But I, I've i done both. I've done both. I've confronted people and I've also not done it depending on who the person was and how much they meant to me. How to stay humble, but also grow your business and be fierce and proud. <laughs> well, you can be confident and you can be proud that you accomplish things. That's There's nothing wrong with that. It's about knowing who got you there. People say, oh, I'm self-made. You know, this whole notion of like you did it by yourself. A person who's humble puts other people before them. So a person who's humble will say like, Usually you're not the one that's even talking about your accomplishments. Other people are are talking about it for you. And you're acknowledging the people who helped you get to that point. So you're proud of yourself for your accomplishments, but you're not boasting about that. There's no reason to boast about it. But you can be happy with what you're doing. Sadly, a lot of times when you are so caught up in how proud you are of yourself, you get stuck and you're so proud that you're not even able to make new accomplishments. You're not able to really get all that God has for you because you're you know, taking too long, cheering yourself up about whatever you did. So there's a time for that, but you really shouldn't stay in that because um, people, will, people will know, especially as your business grows, people will see it, but definitely be proud of yourself for getting there and be thankful to God that he allowed you to have everything that you have. I feel like if you put your energy towards God, that joy just explodes. Like there's the joy he will give you, it's it, it never goes away, it never dies down. How do you deal with aloneness that comes with favor and success? You try to surround yourself with people who are like you, who have certain things that you have and And this goes for every category of life. It's too bad that it has to be that way. And it's not to say that you can't be kind and sweet to everyone because you should be. But in terms of your inner circle, it should be people who truly are able to identify with things that you go through, who aren't going to be hating on you, who aren't going to be jealous of you. And it's hard for me to say. It. I'm telling you, this is a really hard topic for me to talk about because it goes against my nature, and I suffered greatly because of my nature in that sense, where I just couldn't care less about the things people cared about. And people would say, Michelle, I don't know why you're friends with this girl. You know she she doesn't like you. You know she's a hater. You know, you know, or you know, Michelle. Why do you hang out with people who look like this when you don't? You know they're going to be, you know, and I'm like, I don't care about that. But it always, 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 always hurt me in the end because I was choosing not to see the truth. I was choosing not to see this and it really did hurt me. So I do believe you need to be honest with yourself when you see things in people and if they show you that they're not in the same category you thought they were. That you need to find a new circle and be with people who can identify with your success and where you are in life, because they're the only ones that'll really understand. And even so, even so you still may have God given favor, And things may just go well for you in a different kind of way. And you just have to remember that it's not because of you. I think when you put it on yourself and you think that it's because of you is when you start feeling so alone and sad, but when you realize you're on assignment, you know, like Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. When you're about your father's business, you will meet other people who are about their father's business and you will eventually be able to be with people who also have so much favor that they recognize that they love it. They root for you and that circle will be very small and that's okay. It may just be one person, and that's great. At least you have one. Um, I have fully see myself, accept myself. Okay, you have heteros. Okay, so it's like you have like the hair that grows like on your face, on your neck, and that kind of thing. And you have a hard time accepting the way God sees you. How can you be more confident? Well, in that, in those cases, it's really just about not making things a bigger deal than they really are everyone's going to have different things that they're going to have to deal with. And you know on my channel, that's something that I've dealt with for a long time. (laughs) And it really comes down to saying, okay, this is what it is. It's hair. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to shave it. I'm going to get laser if I can't. Whatever it is, like it is just hair. And if you are so um, overwhelmed with it, that you can't contain, like you can't take care of it, then I can see it being a problem. But if you decide, okay, that means I have to shave every single day, maybe someone else doesn't, I have to, then that's just what it is. And just accepting it and doing what you can, like changing your diet. If you can save up for laser and that's something that works for you, getting laser, but understanding that the way that you are made is for a reason you know, for me having like getting facial hair and such, and it's, thank God, calmed down so much since I've changed my diet. And, but before when I was making those videos, I met so many women through YouTube and I got so many emails and so many women were touched and were able to even be on my channel to see other things that I talk about, just from those videos on facial hair, like that problem for me drew so many people to my life, and to me, it's like, yeah, God used that. It wasn't, it's not pleasant. I don't like it, but God uses it to draw people to me. Even if someone, and this is not hap- this is not happening in a store, but I remember it did happen in Ghana. And when I was out in the village, I didn't have any makeup on and I was just letting my hair grow. And a little kid was like sitting on my lap and was like, why do you have hair on your face? And just curiously asking. And I answered him like, you know, God just makes everyone different. I don't know, I don't know why I have it. (laughs) And, you know, we were able to talk and laugh and there was just this comfort that came from just being okay and accepted by being who I am because I didn't make it a big deal. And um, it I, I just feel like when people ask or people are drawn to you, it can be an opportunity to be able to share things with them and even make them feel more comfortable about things because everyone has something. So I really think that you should just focus on trying to tame it, eating better, finding out how to, bring it down as much as possible, and doing things to hide it. If you have to wear a bunch of scarves, wear turtlenecks, wear, um, you know, have long hair that covers a lot of your face. You can do things to hide things. You know, you just have to be dedicated to hiding it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if that's what you want to do, then be dedicated to doing it, and you can. Okay, I am I missing something? As a teen going to college, how do I find a good group of people to surround myself with? And also, I want to study the Bible properly, but I don't know how to start. You're going to college. How do you find groups of people to surround yourself with? Well, in college, they have a lot of clubs, right? I have a lot of clubs in college. They have sororities. I, I don't know much about them. I didn't join one. And, um, my mom, my mom was in a sorority and she really wanted me to join one and she wanted me obviously to join her sorority, but I didn't like the girls. I didn't like the girls that were at my school and I just knew there's no way, like I'll be, these girls are going to eat me a lot. Like they're not going to like me. So I couldn't, I couldn't join. Um, and I'm happy I didn't, I'm happy I didn't just do it just because she did it, but a lot of girls love sororities. and. Yeah, I think that you should try to find a group of girls that have the same interests, whether it's like a Bible, a Christian club, or fitness club, there are so many different things. College is the best place to meet people, honestly. They have like a rush week where all the clubs come out and they talk about what they do. In terms of reading the Bible, different people have different, I've heard so many different ways of reading the Bible. So I don't think that there's one particular way to read it, to be honest. I've heard people argue different ways and why one way is better than another way. I read it straight. I'm reading it straight through. I haven't even finished the whole thing, I'll be honest. Um, Because what happens is I read it straight through, but then sometimes God will say, Michelle, read Exodus today. And I have to go back and read something I've already read because he wants to show me something. So that can kind of keep you behind. But what I try to do is like I read the Old Testament and then read some of the New Testament. I mean, it really depends on how you study your Bible. I have all of these different things that I do. So I, I'll have to get back to you on what the best way is. I'll try to do some research and see what the best way is, but I don't see anything wrong with just reading it from the beginning because truly the very beginning shapes the entire Bible and then finding really good Bible teachers to help explain all the things to you in the Bible. And when I say finding, it could be on YouTube. There are so many great Bible teachers, not, not pastors, but like Bible teachers, ones who really have studied the Bible And they're not like giving you some motivational message or explaining how different things connect in the Bible and giving you revelation. Do I have a diet to recommend? No, I don't have a diet to recommend. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by a diet to recommend. I just recommend you eat a balanced diet. You drink water, eat fruits and vegetables, exercise, and just try your best. Uh, Bible teachers, I like the late Derek Prince. He is very good. I like Benny Hinn. I like Dr. Miles Monroe. Mike Mike Connell. I like him. Um, yeah, those are those are my favorite. My favorite would have to be Benny Hinn, Derek Prince, Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, T. D. Jakes, I like T. D. Jakes. Um, but I don't consider him. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't consider him like a Bible teacher. I think of him more as like a pastor. I find it fascinating that God speaks. Yes, God will speak to you. Yes, God will speak to you and instruct you on a lot of things if you're listening. He'll tell you. You just have to rec- know how to recognize His voice, and you can only get that through spending a lot of time with God. Then you'll start to know when He's talking to you. Okay. There's a Hebrew channel called Her Royal Roots, which is amazing. That's good. Dr. Mike Bagwell is good. Okay. I haven't heard of him. I would just, you know, I think for me, the biggest thing is being really careful about who you watch in terms of pastors and Bible teachers, just making sure that your spirit, you can discern and and your spirit is okay with what they're saying. Cause the worst thing to me is for someone to steal something from you, like steal steal some kind of inspiration, steal anything that God's put inside of you because of their message and interpretations of things. I would just be really careful um, of who you... Oh, and I wanted to tell you, um, I'm actually going to talk about this in a video that I haven't been able to upload. And it's the show, The Chosen. For those of you who have not watched that show, oh my goodness, it is so good. I watched it a few months ago. It's on YouTube. It's free. I will link it. I've linked it before, but it's a show about Jesus. And I love the show because it shows how Jesus impacted people's lives from the eyes of the people. So a lot of times when I've seen Jesus being portrayed like in movies and stuff, it is just not the Jesus that I imagine and feel like I know. And this show, I feel like gets it. Like I feel like this is probably exactly how Jesus was, like the personality. They always make him so like serious and like, you know, meek and mild. Like, I don't feel like they describe him or they display him in the way the Bible uh, displays him. So I love the show. It's called The Chosen, The Chosen the first episode got me so bad. Oh my goodness. It's so good. You have to watch that show. It is so good. And the thing is, it's a fully fan funded show. So right now they're, they're not making episodes because they need money. and And I appreciate the fact that they are because they're being really careful about what they're putting in. Once they get picked up by a big network and things, they'll try to get them to like change stuff and add all this extra stuff. And I think they're just trying to really be true to um, the Bible. It's so good. So definitely watch the chosen. It's on YouTube. It's so amazing. And for those of you who have not watched the show, um, not the show, the movie one night with the King, I talked about it on Instagram, but if you want to get the Esther story and you obviously you read it in the Bible, but you want like a movie, watch One Night with the King. It's so good. I love that movie. And it's, it's the story of Esther. So you get to kind of just watch the whole thing play out and see, you know, how everything was. Oh, you're so welcome. Wow. She said, I motivated her to go back to school in her forties to get a second master's so I can change careers after being miserable for so long. Oh, that just made my whole night. That is so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I'm. It's all God. It's just God working through me and God delivering his love through me. So just know that God loves you so much. That's all I can say is he loves you so, so much. Yes, it's on YouTube. So One Night with the King and the Chosen are both on YouTube. So it's free. Yes, Miles Monroe, Miles Monroe, Dr. Monroe is like my was because he did pass away, but he is my like personal spiritual mentor. I he made so many revelations to me in terms of the Bible, going from like this old book to truly coming to life before my eyes. Like he explained everything to me and it made perfect sense. I have just never seen anyone so um spiritually in tune with God in terms of really understanding what things meant in the Bible. He is amazing. Okay. Well, we are wrapping up. Any last questions? I'm sure I missed some. What other movies do I enjoy watching with feminine roles, breakfast at Tiffany's? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like so generic people. Like I said, people, when it comes to femininity, people, Think it's like one thing and it's really so much bigger than people make it seem. Uh, I don't know. Every movie, I feel like almost every movie, the main character is a feminine woman. Almost every movie in Hollywood. I would recommend watching. What I like to do is I like to watch older like shows, shows that were done in the 70s, where especially where black women were feminine. Black women have changed so much in terms of like the way we act in terms of being more aggressive and i really blame a lot of it on hip-hop to be honest hip-hop culture and and influencers (laughs) making it more um attractive to the younger generation because it's sad but black women didn't always used to stick their tongues out and you know bust it open and do a whole bunch of stuff that we're doing now they didn't know it was not always like that if you watch movies that were done like in the 70s and you see how black women carry themselves and how elegant they were how much you know pizzazz they had and they were able to just move and and behave in such a classy way they're my favorite the older movies are my favorite and i feel yeah I feel really relaxed and feminine when I watch them. They're so much more pleasant to watch than someone screaming at you and yelling and sticking their fingers in your face. It's. I'll have to come up with a list. I'll come up with next the next slide. I will come up with a list of some movies that I enjoy watching. But in terms of watching people, I would watch people who... Are graceful, watch people. Carrie Washington, I think she's a very feminine woman in terms of how she carries herself, in terms of how she kind of plays the victim in a lot of her roles and just how she carries herself is very elegant and loving. Uh, Nicole Ari Parker, you know, Boris, Boris Kojo, his wife, I find her to be very feminine in her role and just in general, but in her roles in movies. She carries herself in a very elegant way. If you see the way that she talks and the way she acts, she's always very feminine. Um, Nia Long, Nia Long, always very feminine in her movies. Was have, Was I ever aggressive? No, I was never aggressive. I was never aggressive, but I, I don't know, I, I was never aggressive. But I felt, there was a time where I felt like I had to act like that in order to be considered black only because of where I grew up. I felt like people who were not black wanted me to play the black role for them for entertainment. And so I was never aggressive, but I felt like I had to take on this like persona that wasn't me in order to be qualified as a black person. Even though, It sounds crazy to say it. The sound of music, yes. Julie Andrews is so feminine and it's so funny because I was talking to one of my cousins and she was telling me that she was watching Mary Poppins and we watched that movie endlessly as a child and she was just like i'm watching mary poppins and i thought of you because you watched it so much as a little girl i'm like oh my gosh i didn't even realize when i watched it again like how much of her personality i think i took upon myself as a little girl because i just loved her little attitude um but yeah julie andrews is so classic she's so feminine and in the sound of music she really played that nurturing loving that is one of the best movies in terms of how you can melt a man's heart with your femininity. She is amazing in that movie. I've watched that movie a million times. In New York, you've got to be aggressive. No, you don't. I don't think you do. I think that it depends on whether or not you feel safe. I guess maybe that's what you're saying. Maybe you have to be aggressive so that you can feel safe. In that that case, I can, I can see why, but I think you if that's the case, then you have to really know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. Because if you think you have to be one way all the time, then life is gonna be really hard for you because no one can be one way all the time. <sighs> yeah, Mary Poppins is amazing. <laughs> There's a movie coming out about Billie Holiday. Oh yes, she's very feminine as well. Felicia, oh yes, Felicia Rashad. Yes, I loved her character. When I was younger, I had her picture. I still have it on my wall in my room at my mom's house because I knew like when I when I'm a mom, I want to be just like her. I loved the way she carried herself, but she reminded me of someone I wanted to be because she was educated and she was beautiful and feminine. So I wanted to see examples of women who didn't mind. Um, being smart and beautiful and submissive and charming, and you know, her husband didn't run over her at all. She knew how she knew how to manage everything in a feminine way. I love her. And see, I do get my point across, even though I'm not aggressive because there's a way to be able to still be stern and feminine at the same time. There is a way to do both. What is my advice for a girl who is trying to let, do you mean let go of her aggressive side? You have to let go of the anger because that aggression is coming from somewhere. That aggression is coming from a need to defend yourself, a need to um, protect yourself. And it could just be protecting yourself in terms of your feelings. Maybe you feel like other people have things easier And there's a sense of jealousy Like you have to really look internally and figure out why you have to act that way. From what I've seen, even from people who were mild mannered, yet aggressive, it came from a a dark place. It came from a place of insecurity. And so you really have to look within, figure out why, where is this coming from? Why do you feel like you have to do that? And let's see, Michelle Obama represents feminine and strong. Yes, she does. I think that we are done for tonight. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Thank you to all of you who are watching who didn't get to make the live and you're watching this after. Do I have any tips for women dating at 40? Can I make a video about it, please? Okay. Well, it's a different ball game if you're dating at 40. So yeah, there are different things that you have to consider, but I can definitely talk about it. I do know that there's a video, I, I've seen a video on my timeline from, and I've never watched his video, so I can't recommend him. I don't know what his content is like, so I can't like tell you you should watch this person, but I did see a video on my timeline from a man. His name was R.C. Blakes and he had a video that said dating over 40. so i do know that there's videos on youtube about dating over 40 in terms of your femininity and that kind of thing so i would look out for him thank you ladies so much for being here tonight i hope that you learned some things i hope that it'll encourage you to seek your relationship with christ and just know that jesus died to bring you the kingdom. He died to bring you the whole kingdom so that you could have it here on earth right now. Not when you get to heaven, you can have it right now. So I really want you to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added on to you. You will get God's favor. It will be added on to you. All right, ladies, I hope you have a wonderful night. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest. And I will see you on Monday at 6.30. And we'll talk about chapter three in the book. All right, my loves, have a wonderful night. I love you so much. And I will see you in the next video. Bye.